，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。U.S. President Joe Biden says the U.S. is willing to militarily defend Taiwan if it comes under a Chinese attack. He made the remark at a Tokyo press conference on Monday after meeting with Japan's Prime Minister. You didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes, you are. That's a commitment we made. We are not. Look, here's the situation. We agree with a one-China policy. We signed on to it, and all the attendant agreements made from there. But the idea that that it can be taken by force, just taken by force, is just not is just not appropriate. It will dislocate the entire region, and be another action similar to what happened in in、uh, in Ukraine. Shortly after Biden spoke, the White House said that the U.S.'s policy toward Taiwan had not changed. In Beijing, China's foreign ministry pushed back at Biden's remark. It said that Taiwan was an inseparable part of China and that Taiwan issue was purely China's internal affairs. It said it would not allow interference by any external forces. U.S. President Joe Biden has launched a new trade initiative titled the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework, or IPEF. The trade agreement will start with 13 countries, including Japan and Australia, but not Taiwan. Analysts say the U.S. is taking a cautious approach to building its new trade bloc and is unwilling to cross Beijing's red line. According to Economics Minister Wang Meihua, the U.S. will find other ways to strengthen its trade ties with Taiwan. The economics chief confirmed Monday that Taiwan won't be an initial partner in the U.S.-led Indo-Pacific Economic Framework. Indeed, Taiwan was not included in the first round. I think that the trade relationship between Taiwan and the U.S. will be based on a new approach. Just because they didn't include Taiwan in the first round doesn't mean that Taiwan is out. When it comes to joining the IPF and developing Taiwan-U.S. trade ties, we will continue to push forward steadily and surely. But opposition lawmakers are crying foul. They say Taiwan's apparent exclusion runs contrary to assurances of strong Taiwan-U.S. trade ties. The Tsai administration says that Taiwan's ties with the U.S. are rock solid. But it seems to us that it's the U.S.'s one-China policy that's rock solid. I'd like to ask our foreign affairs officials. We have been very accommodating to the U.S. Indo-Pacific policy over these past few years. We've proactively sought to accommodate them with regard to the strategy of ours. Next time, might it be better to look before we leap? According to a former Taiwan diplomat, Washington's approach to the IPEF shows that it's considering the China factor. The U.S. is making decisions based on self-interest and is unwilling to cross China's red line for Taiwan, he says. The IPEF involves a lot of countries, so under these circumstances, the U.S. is obviously going to be more cautious. It will act fast on its immediate interests and work slowly toward its long-term interests. 
Since Taiwan has a critical role in global supply chains, it doesn't matter whether we are in the IPEF. The U.S. has said it will improve its economic ties with Taiwan. According to the analyst, the U.S. hopes that the IPEF will become a, quote, economic NATO for the Indo-Pacific region. He says the trade initiative is clearly an answer to Beijing and that, therefore, Taiwan will have a key role to play in its development. Turning to the World Health Assembly, now underway in Geneva. On its opening day on Sunday, the head of the World Health Organization warned that the COVID pandemic is, quote, most certainly not over, even as case numbers decline. WHA members also discussed the recent outbreak of monkeypox. So far, more than 90 cases have been reported from 13 countries. The CECC says it's closely monitoring the monkeypox outbreak. It says the U.S. has raised the budget for smallpox vaccine, which can also fight monkeypox. Taiwan stopped administering the smallpox vaccine relatively late in 1979. All adults 45 or older have been vaccinated, although it's unclear whether or not the vaccine confers lifelong protection. Taiwan wasn't invited to this year's World Health Assembly, but it's still making its presence felt in Geneva. Last Sunday, a Taiwanese dance troupe put on a show that turned heads and brought awareness to Taiwan's exclusion. Reporting from Geneva, FTV catches up with the dancers who tell us how their show almost ended before it began. These electric techno neon gods dance to the beat, impressing their audience in Geneva. To promote Taiwan's inclusion in the World Health Assembly, Taiwanese and Switzerland invited the dance troupe to perform. But the troupe was almost unable to perform, as three of the costumes went missing during the flight over. Afterward, we ate and went back to the hotel. The hotel staff said that a delivery had come for us from the airport. I think we got quite lucky. Perhaps the heavens really wanted us to showcase Taiwanese culture to the world. Later at a banquet, the dancers taught some moves to curious locals. The troupe came all the way from Taiwan, and it was a journey filled with lots of hard work. We had very little time to prepare, so we rehearsed our routine every day until very late, all for this event. We of course would like Taiwan to be able to participate in very global events. The troupe was brought to Europe by the Taiwanese Association in Switzerland to promote Taiwan's inclusion in the WHA. We want the world to experience a different kind of folk performance art from Taiwan. That is our mission. At a parade organized by the World Health Organization, Taiwanese activists took photos with the head of the WHO. One activist used the opportunity to discuss Taiwan. I was also surprised when I met him, and he was very friendly. He was like, oh, Taiwan. I hope Tedros can shift China's One China principle. We'll continue working so that Taiwan can join the WHO as soon as possible. I support Taiwan because it's, I think it's, a, it's a, for me, it's an independent country, like a lot of all the other countries too. Over at Geneva's main train station, ads are on display, promoting Taiwan's inclusion in the WHA. Deputy Health Minister Li Li Fen, who is currently in Switzerland, says she hopes the campaign will help bring awareness to Taiwan's cause. One of Taiwan's favorite board games has just gotten an upgrade. 
The Wonderful Island is a range of games that satirize the grim underbelly of Taiwanese politics. Now, a new edition is available, and it's titled The Social Incident. Players take the role of self-serving lawmakers who race to defeat their rivals and enrich themselves. Lawmakers gather around a table, debating a deal with gusto. But this is not a real-life negotiation. They're playing The Wonderful Island, a game that skewers Taiwan's political intrigue. Piecing together their strategy, they each try to inch their way toward victory. The latest release in the Wonderful Island series is The Social Incident. Players take the role of corrupt legislators, push laws that serve their own ends, assign pork barrel spending, and chase re-election in a race to see who can accumulate the most riches and triumph over their rivals. This game is actually about the stories we tell, how the governments in the feudal autocratic system created this problem of unfair elections in the democratic era. How can it be that you're a better candidate and better looking too, but you get fewer votes than others? It's because they've got more money and connections. This game is really fun. You can tell as you play how carefully it's been designed. There are so many shady areas in lawmaking. I'm usually so naive, I've really learned a thing or two today. The game's designers say their goal was to get more people invested in politics. We want this game and these books to get people more interested in learning about the political scene in Taiwan, to cherish what we have in Taiwan and the democracy that we won for this land with so much struggle. This social incident series is a multidisciplinary series we've developed. It includes this game, illustrated books and manga, and an upcoming project with a series of theater performances, which present the network and the development of corruption in Taiwanese society from the perspective of the perpetrators. The game's not the half of it. The company has a whole range of corruption-themed art, from books and manga to stage plays. If you're curious about the unsavory political history of Formosa, check out The Wonderful Island. Local COVID infections fell for the fourth day in a row on Monday to 66,247 cases. According to the CCC, the decline could be due to fewer tests being conducted on weekends. Authorities say that more time will tell if the epidemic has peaked. They say that so far, the COVID wave has remained under control. We have 66,247 local cases today. We have now seen several consecutive days of decline in the daily case count. But more observation is needed, because two of those days fell on Saturday and Sunday. Because two of the days happen to be Saturday and Sunday, we cannot use the downward trend as a direct indicator. But there hasn't been a sharp rise at least. So far, the epidemic has stayed well under control. On Monday, the CECC added 173 moderate or severe COVID cases, as well as 40 COVID-related deaths. Two of the deaths involved children, including a one-year-old, who is now Taiwan's youngest COVID casualty. So far this year, Taiwan has seen 14 COVID-infected children in critical condition. Six of them develop encephalitis. According to the CECC, Taiwan and Hong Kong are seeing higher rates of encephalitis in children compared to neighboring countries. It's said that the causes behind the higher rate warrant investigation. Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe has 
been formally diagnosed with COVID-19. His PCR test has come back positive with a CT value of 16, indicating a high viral load. During a teleconference call on Monday morning, the mayor appeared unwell, showing symptoms include a cough and runny nose. So far, nearly one-third of all city government employees have been infected by the virus. 校園的接種也會這個禮拜開始。Macowenter blows his nose again and again during the video call. His face appears ruddy and his voice is raspy, punctured by repeated coughs. 我們國小的打疫苗就政府的立場是鼓勵還是不鼓勵還是還是還是自由。科學上很清楚說這個鼓勵打。先生說他只有在4月19號去做感覺的檢查,並沒有確診。<笑> During the briefing, he broke down in a fit of coughing and shut his eyes in apparent discomfort. The mayor tested positive on a rapid test Sunday morning and went for a PCR test later that day. On Sunday, he had appeared in much better shape and had assured the public that he was feeling fine. So now I'm waiting for the results. I'm feeling fine. I just have a cough. But apart from that, no other symptoms. His PCR test result came out Sunday evening. The mayor had a CT value of 16, indicating a high viral load. He since developed a fever and a sore throat. The mayor has a cough and nasal congestion, but he says his fever has improved a lot. He took some Panadol and his fever went down. Kerr's diagnosis comes after a deputy mayor also came down with COVID-19. So far, 4,865 or 14,000 city government workers have been infected. Mayor Kerr, you've been diagnosed and I wish you a speedy recovery, but we are in a great crisis. The Taipei government cannot afford to enter a state of paralysis. The councillor wished the mayor well. With 15% of city personnel undergoing isolation, she expressed concern over whether the government would be able to maintain normal operations. With the epidemic reaching its peak, Taipei schools at the high school level and below have kicked off a week of distance learning. To accommodate working parents, primary schools and preschools are also hosting daycares. At one elementary school, six children were enrolled in the daycare program where they attended their distance learning lessons with adult supervision. The children gaze at their tablets while taking occasional notes. Their teacher is deep in the middle of an online lesson. This week in Taipei, all schools at the high school level and below will switch to remote classes. Among working parents of young children, one top concern has been childcare. In response, local schools have opened daycares where children can learn remotely with adult supervision. For example, here at Chang'an Elementary School, we're looking after six children of primary school age and two children at the preschool level. At this daycare, the students are separated by dividers as a COVID precaution. Because all the faculty have to teach online, the school hired contract instructors for its daycare program. Administrators say they look forward to returning to physical lessons, as remote learning has its limitations. Of course, we do want the children to be able to come back to school. That way, we can guide them along their daily routine. A lot of the daily rhythm of life comes from the class schedule. Parents are put more at ease, 
and were able to see the children to see how best to guide them. Over the past two months, COVID has caused a wave of disturbances to classes nationwide. The school closures have hit the school catering industry hard. Take my own company, for example. My operating losses for April and May are as high as 18 million NT. If you combine the losses of all the businesses in Taipei, New Taipei, Jilong and Taoyuan, the total would for sure exceed 100 million NT. It would range from 150 to 200 million NT. When children don't get a school lunch due to a COVID closure, it's the catering company that pays the refund, the representative says. He says businesses like his are suffering and unsure if they can survive the duration of the epidemic. Taiwan is one of the most convenient places in the world, at least if you go by the number of convenience stores. Even in smaller communities, which can't support a store all the time, the mobile convenience store is becoming more and more common. Today, let's take a trip around some of the convenient vans and even convenience store containers dotted around the country. We drive down a little back road dotted with small dormitories of iron sheeting. But hold up, what was that? Rewind a moment and you spot a very familiar convenience store located in, of all places, a roadside van. Shizadao is a special and rather isolated area in Taipei. It sits in the middle of the Jilong and Danshui rivers. It's so cut off that it had no convenience stores until recently. Local residents have to travel several kilometers for basic services and groceries. But this chain finally spotted the niche and launched this mobile convenience store, which opens at the same time and place each day, just like a brick-and-mortar store. We had no way to pay our bills, so this seems really handy here. It's more convenient for groceries too. You can order goods and services from here too. I just wish they did ice cream. They sell stuff like biscuits and coffee. Actually, the coffee here is very popular. The van is stocked full of everyday essentials and health supplies like face masks. You can heat food in the microwave and pay your bills, a real lifesaver. Uni President has launched mobile store vans in remote parts of Hualien and Taidong. OKMart okay, is in the game too, with mobile stores and health stations. PX Mart has a mobile van which brings the most important groceries to underserved locations. And High Life has a container store in a bridge under Chongqing Bridge in New Taipei. Made of free containers, it works like a flea market. If a typhoon is coming, it can come down in a jiffy. Taiwan's convenience stores only continue to multiply, and Taiwan already has the second highest density of convenience stores of any country in the world. Even for remoter communities that can't support a store full-time, these mobile stores can provide some vital services. Taiwan is toughening up its labeling rules on honey to help shoppers make more informed choices. Starting July 1, 2023, any product labeled simply as honey must consist of 100% honey. If a product contains at least 60% honey along with a sweetener, it must be labeled sweetened honey. And if it contains at least 60% honey along with ingredients other than a sweetener, it must be labeled blended honey. Products that contain no honey whatsoever must not include the word honey in its labeling. Fines for non-compliance will range between 40,000 NT to 4 million.
Taiwan is full of local culinary traditions that are unique to one community. One example is the steamed meatballs known as bawan. There are loads of local flavors. In Nanto's Puli Township, the locals have a special ritual for making bawan last longer. We visited a local bawan eatery to find out how it's done. A row of plump bawan come out of the pan. The chef cuts them open with scissors and drizzles over a slightly sweet rice flour sauce as well as soy sauce. The result is a sweet and salty treat. The bawan are chewy and squishy on the outside and full of diced bamboo shoots and pork. The sauce here is rather special. It's white. I thought it was going to be full of garlic, but actually it's light and fresh. Another thing is everyone knows it's special here because they use strips of pork, not minced pork. And here's the local secret. You eat the skins first and leave a bit of filling till the end. Then you can add some stock to your bowl on the house. This is a traditional way to eat bawan in the local area. It's a special local thing. You have the pork juice from the filling and you add the stock and it becomes a really delicious soup. This Puli restaurant is all about real ingredients. They still grind their own rice flour sauce every day and the Bawan's generous slices of pork are famous. The special thing about our Bawan and Puli is how soft and chewy the skins are. In Jianghua, they make the skin crispier. Also, we use whole strips of pork for the filling, not minced meat. And we dice fresh bamboo shoots to make the Bawan. Our skins are made with a higher proportion of long-grain, non-glutinous rice. Then we add some sweet potato powder to the mixture. They're steamed and then cooled and then sautéed. This shop has been perfecting the art of Puli Bawan for more than three decades. Every day at noontime, it still fills up with hungry customers who know a good thing when they taste it.